We meet today in Psalm 117 and 118. Psalm 117 is the hallelujah for the universal praise of God. This is another Hallel Psalm, and it is the shortest in the series. Now, let me remind you that the Hallel Psalms 113 to 118 were sung at the three great feasts of the nation Israel, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, and perhaps on, any, on some of the gatherings that the people of God met. At the feast of the Passover, the cup was passed seven times, and between each passing, those gathered would sing one of these psalms. Some expositors say that Psalm 113 and 14 were sung before the meal, and then Psalm 117 and 18 were sung after the meal. It doesn't matter how you arrange them. The important thing is that they were sung. Now, Psalm 118 was the last psalm they sang. In Matthew 26, verse 30, we are told, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, Psalm 117 is not only the shortest psalm, it is the shortest chapter in the whole Bible. Because of that, there is a danger of passing over it. I would like to talk about these few verses, which are only two of them, uh, to a greater detail. Here is Psalm 117, verse 1 and verse 2, the only verses in that chapter. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Loud him, all you peoples. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Now, praise the Lord is hallelujah. These are the remarkable verses that we should not pass over hurriedly. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, is obviously prophetic. This is looking to the future when all nations and races and tribes and tongues on every continent and in every nation will join together in praising the Lord and they will worship him as the Lord Jehovah. Is there anything like that in the world today? Do you see any evidence of it in your neighborhood? Can you see that the world is turning to God? Where are the nations that are singing praises to the Lord today? Where are the nations who worship and adore him and are in submission to him? The answer is easy. There are no nations today that fit that description. Therefore, the message of the prophets was that one day the nations would praise and worship the Lord. In Zechariah chapter 2 verse 11, it says, And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. Then in Zechariah 14 verse 16, we read, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. Evidently, the worshipping of all nations is connected with the turning of Israel to God. When Israel has turned to God, even nations will also stream their way in that direction. The next question is, when will all this find its fulfillment? Well, I think the answer to that question is in this little sum before us. 
when will the nations praise Jehovah? Notice what it says in verse 2. For his merciful kindness is great toward us. Who is the us in this phrase? Well, it is Israel. The day is coming when God is going to be gracious to Israel. That day is in the future. And at the end of the great tribulation period, when the Lord comes to the earth for the second time, he will establish his kingdom. That will be the time. Then he will be gracious to Israel and to all the nations of the earth. At that time, Micah says, he was speaking, referring to God. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. Micah 7 verse 20. Then in Isaiah 54 verse 7 to 8 we read, For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. So my friend, you can see that this psalm has reference to a future day when all the nations are going to praise the Lord. See, so much wealth even in these two verses. Now, let me ask another question. Is there any inkling of this subject in the New Testament? Just in case you say, well, all of the talk you have there is just based on the Old Testament. Yes, my friend, the New Testament says something about it. Acts 15 records the meeting of the council at Jerusalem, which was made up of Jewish believers, and they could not understand why the prophecies of the Old Testament were not being fulfilled. At the end of that conference, James got up and said, Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. That is from Acts 15 verse 14. Now what do we learn? We learn that God is taking out a people from among the Gentiles. He is making up his church from all races and tribes and tongues and bringing them together into one body. And now notice how James continues. And to this agrees the words of the prophet as it is written. After this, what? He takes the church out of the world. We read from Acts chapter 15 verse 15 to verse 17. James says, and with this, the words of the prophet agree, just as it is written, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. As you can see, the psalm before us looks to the future when every creature on earth will render praise to God. It simply is not true that the nations today are praising God. However, the time is coming when God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him, as Psalm 67 verse 7 tells. The fulfillment of this psalm will come during the millennium when Christ reigns on the earth and not before. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 118 
is the hymn Christ sang with his disciples before his death. This psalm is a wonderful one, and it is the last of the Hallel psalms. For this reason, we know it was the psalm which the Lord sang with his disciples the night before his death. In the upper room that night, there was an air of informality, but also of awe, an air of sadness and of joy and of anticipation. The Lord Jesus ate the Passover feast with his disciples. Then on the dying embers of a fading feast, he reared something new. Out of the ashes of the past, he took frail elements, bread and grape juice, which will spoil in a few days the weakest things in the world, and he raised there a monument. That's all. But it speaks of him. We know from the Old Testament that a lamb was to be eaten at the Passover feast. But in the Gospel record, we hear nothing about the lamb, only the bread and the fruit of the vine. Do you know why it happened so? It is because the lamb was there serving them. The lamb himself was there giving them bread. He was there giving them wine. He was the only way to the cross as the lamb of God to die. And the bread and the juice were to speak of him until he comes. So Psalm 118 is the psalm they sang together on that fatal night. The Gospels tell us, when they had sung a hymn, they went out. Matthew 26, verse 30. It is said that at the Passover feast, the cup went round the circle seven times. The seventh time it came to the Lord Jesus. He said, I will not drink this cup with you. And he passed it on. I will drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. You see, he had already said that he would take the cup of salvation and he took it there on the cross. Christ is the Lamb of God who shed his blood, and the cup is the new covenant of his blood. He drank the bitter cup that our cup might be sweet. He drank the bitter cup that your cup might be sweet. Oh, how good God is to us. Here is Psalm 118, verse 1 to verse 8. All give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can men do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. This is the song that our Lord sang. He went to the cross without fear. Isn't that amazing? Have you learned to put your confidence in the Lord rather than in men? The Lord was not afraid. He was trusting in the Lord. It is a marvelous lesson to learn here for us, my friend. And the psalmist here says that it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. 
On that night that the Lord Jesus sang these words, he looked around at the eleven men. Guess what he saw? One of them had already gone to betray him. Those eleven men were going to forsake him anyway. They would be scattered like sheep that night. Don't put your confidence in men. They will let you down. Put your trust in God. Next is Psalm 118, verse 9 to verse 12. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surround me. Yes, they surround me. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. They surround me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. That statement, all nations surround me, is important. Rome was a polyglot nation, if you like, a nation that was represented by many nations and people spoke many languages. They came from all over the place. And it was Rome that nailed Jesus to the cross. All nations surrounded him. The day he died on a Roman cross, the nation, Rome, was doomed. Its days were numbered. That great world empire that existed for a millennium could pass off the stages of human events. It will, however, come back by the way of the Antichrist. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Psalm 118 verse 14. Now, in this wonderful section, we have the praise for deliverance. It is a song of salvation. So Psalm 118 verse 15 to 17 says, The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The righteous hand of the Lord does violently. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does violently. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Now, this is a reference to our Lord's resurrection. Also, there is something else here. Israel is going to survive as a nation. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Verse 18 of Psalm 118. Isn't that amazing? This is Christ. Christ came back from the dead. And Ezekiel 37 makes it clear that God will open the graves and bring out the nations of the world when we read that story of the Valley of Bones. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them. I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. Psalm 118 verse 19 to verse 20. Now what is the gate of the Lord? Christ made it very clear when he said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. John 10 verse 9. So that door was the door to the sheepfold, my friend. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14 verse 6. So who is the gate? The Lord himself. I will praise you, for you have answered me, and have become my salvation. Psalm 118 verse 21. Now, we have another figure of speech coming. The stone which the builders rejected 
has become the chief cornerstone. Psalm 118 verse 22. Now the stone in this verse refers to Christ himself. Our Lord in Matthew 21 verse 42 made that very clear. He said, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. First Peter 2 verse 6 to verse 8 says, Therefore it is also contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. So you see, the stone here is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118 verse 24. What day is the psalmist talking about? Is it some 24-hour day? No, 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 that's not the day. The word day here can be used for a period of time. It can be used for a 24-hour day. And it can be used for a peculiar type of a thing, even almost anything. For example, we could say that this is the day of the automobile, referring to this is the time of cars. Or we can say this is the day of computers. Now, what day is the psalmist referring to here? Well, he is talking about the day that the Lord has made, and that is the day of salvation. That day has already been 2,000 years ago, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We will rejoice in the day of salvation. Now, here we have the believing cry, Hosanna, save now, is the word Hosanna. It is the word the multitude used when the Lord Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 25 and 26. You see, the Lord Jesus quoted, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. After he cleansed the temple for the final time, when he wept over Jerusalem, his words were, See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23, verse 38 and 39. God is the Lord. He has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. Psalm 118 verse 27. Now this is the picture of the Lord Jesus right there on the cross. A sacrifice for you and for me. Psalm 118 verse 28 to verse 29 says, You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. All give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. My friend, 
I wish I could somehow express to you the fact that you and I ought to praise the Lord. In my flesh, I am cabined and contained and have all kinds of hang-ups. I wish I could open up like a flower and express my thanks and praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Yes, the Spirit of God helps us to praise Him, helps us to express those things and remove some of the inhibitions. The Church of Jesus Christ ought to praise Him even more, especially in this, the day that we are living in. Oh, my friend, to fall down and worship God, to praise His name and glorify Him is all that is important. He loved us and gave Himself for us. May our love today go out to him in adoration and praise. In adoration and praise. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.